What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. We are live reacting to the latest uh, college football playoff selection show. All of the uh, top four teams are in, and the SEC is in. We'll react to it uh, along the way. Your comments are welcome right here on a live edition of Locked On SEC. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helping you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we have got our final four here. We're going to get the graphics up, but the uh, big news is Alabama is in. Alabama back into the playoff. They get in as the four seed. And Florida State is left out. And you have to believe that uh, the case of Jordan Travis being injured, uh, the quarterback thing, is what led to Alabama being out. and um, or, or rather, for FSU being out. Sorry. So we'll get you updated here. Michigan is the one seed. Washington is the two, Texas is the three, Alabama is the four. And we saw so many different cases and scenarios that people kept bringing up. It was like, well, you can't leave, uh, you can't leave Bama, you can't put Texas or, or put Alabama in and not have Texas in, right? So they put both of them in. So the SEC gets 12-1 and one, Alabama into the Final Four teams. Georgia is left out. Uh, that's a whole nother topic, really, too. Georgia being left out. I mean, they were the number one team these last couple weeks. Uh, they lose by three. I get it. If you watched if you watched the, the game and how it played out, it, it was, you know, Bama dominated that SEC championship for much of the game. But... Um, for Georgia to fall from one all the way to six, that is a dramatic fall. Dramatic, dramatic fall. So we're going to be reacting to it. And I want to welcome in our buddy, uh, Spencer McLaugh- McLaughlin. He is a uh, host of, uh, well, he does Locked on Oregon. He does Locked on uh, Pac-12. He does it all. And so, Spencer, welcome in here, buddy. Um, reaction to seeing the, t- the top four teams as they were revealed. Yeah, I got to be honest. I need to see the top four teams first. I just hopped in here and I was uh, a little bit a little bit tuned out of uh, of the loop there. But I presume they uh, they did have the, the the top four out. So if you could give it to me, I could give you a reaction. But I got to be honest, I didn't know they were going to be out already. I thought it was going to take a little longer. Yeah, so it is uh, it is Michigan one, Washington two, Texas three, Alabama four. Yeah, I think that's the right thing. I think it's the right thing to do. And, and Florida State fans are not going to be happy. But, you know, the way that I look at the four-team playoff is what I would like to see from the committee is essentially using a a 20-point scale. You grade on a scale of 1 to 10 for deserving based on your schedule and your record. And you grade on a scale of 1 to 10 on 
how good a team is. Top 25 wins, you know, eye test, strength of records, margin of victory, you know, all that, all that sort of stuff. And so when you look at Florida State, their record would absolutely be a 10 out of 10. But if you then remove, and by the way, if Jordan Travis was there, they would be into the playoff. There is no, no doubt in my mind, and that's what should happen. But unfortunately for the Seminoles, if they had gone into that fourth spot, they would get absolutely blasted. Everybody knows it. And so I don't see the point of putting them in when we all know that is not one of the four best and most deserving teams. And I know the committee has said, you know, well, it should be best. It should be, you know, not most deserving. It's who we think the four best teams are. And that's kind of what they've gone with here because Alabama beats Georgia. I think they look better than Georgia in that particular game. And Florida State is not one of the four best teams in college football. So, you know, I think you look at Washington and like and Michigan and their strength of record would obviously give you a 10 out of 10 on, you know, my made up scale here on most deserving. And then when you look at whether or not they're the four best, well, Michigan beat Ohio State, who's a really good team. They beat Penn State, who is a good team, and they dominated everybody else. Michigan's about as close to a 20 out of 20, in my view, as you can get and Washington as well. And they beat a top 10 Oregon team who I think is really, really good twice. And yeah, they were close games, but they won those football games and they deserve credit for that. And they're better than Oregon this year. And so, you know, those two teams, I think, are absolutely a 20. And I think Texas is, you know, probably about an 18 or somewhere in that range. And I think Alabama is probably around, you know, a 17, 18 in that range. But Florida State, again, would be a, a, a 10 on the deserving scale that I, again, just came up with about 30 seconds ago. And then on the on the best team scale, they'd be about a 2 out of 10. Yeah, let me let me pull this up real quick because this was uh, ESPN that put it up. This was the selection criteria according to the committee. Read that last note. Other relevant factors such as unavailability of key players and coaches that may have affected a team's performance. Like you said, Jordan Travis is healthy. Yep. FSU's in. I know Sox, Florida State, you've been waiting for years ever since the the Jameis Winston, uh, Jimbo Fisher era, you know, the, the decade. You've been waiting for relevance. You went undefeated. You beat a ranked LSU team. You prob- probably the Heisman Trophy winner. You beat Jay Daniels in week one of the season. But at the end of the year, a key injury is what matters. And this selection committee, it's all about eyeballs, right? And so when it came down to the resume comparisons, they just said, you know what? We're not leaving the SEC champ out. I think it's been ingrained in so many people's heads that the SEC is one of the dominant, you know, if not the most dominant conference in all college football. Was this year maybe a little bit, bit of a down year for the SEC? Sure. But Bama taking down the number one team on the last weekend, I think they said we got to put Bama in. Yeah, I, I think that it's the right call. Uh, and, and and by the way, I know you're locked on SEC, but maybe a down year for the SEC. I'm curious what an actual down year looks like in, <laughs> in your view compared to the standards that the conference has set. Because No, I don't think the SEC is as good as it has been this year. I think that the balance and parity in college football has uh, increased this year and and dispersed a little bit. That being said, the ACC is still worse than the SEC. I I, I know that Florida State beat LSU early in the year. And by the way, if Jordan Travis is healthy, the SEC should have been left out of the playoff. And I think they would have been left out of the playoff. And SEC fans wouldn't have liked that very much. But guess what? All these other conferences have been cannibalizing themselves. I've watched it in the Pac-12 for a long time, and they have been punished for it. And if the SEC had had that happen to them this year, I'd say, well, this is the system you guys came up with. And if it had happened in another conference this way, 
everyone would have said, well, the SEC this and the SEC that. However, is the SEC still better than the ACC? 100%. 100%. And I know that Florida State fans are going to be really, really upset. They won every single game this year. They're an unbeaten Power 5 champion, and they're not going to get a chance to play for a national championship. There is zero work. I, I mean, I mean zero. Zero. You ever see the big short, Chris, the movie? Yeah, yeah. When Mark Baum, who played by Steve Carell, is messing with the guy who is a you know a greedy banker at a podium thing, he puts up his hand or he he raises his hand. He asks a question, and he says, "Would you say it is a possibility or a probability that subprime losses will be contained at four percent?" Thank you. And the guy says, "It's a very strong probability." And then Mark Baum puts his hand back up and says, "Excuse me, zero. Zero. There is a zero percent chance that subprime losses will be contained at four percent. Well, guess what? There is a zero percent chance that Florida State would win the national championship. That would not have happened. And so I think when you look at the best and most deserving teams and the way that I would like to see the playoff handled, this is what we have reached. And I think it is the correct outcome. And I say that with no dog in the fight. I, I, you know, the Pac-12 champion was always going to get in. And I think that that is correct. And Washington will play Texas and Michigan will play Bama. And I think those will be a couple of outstanding, outstanding football games, really. I think this could be a highly entertaining and competitive playoff. But when you look at what should have happened, I think this is, this is the outcome here. And you can take my word for what it's worth, but... You know, whether or not Florida State or Bama got in, that's not a team in a conference that I cover or root for. It's not a team that I that I root for or against. It's just I would like to see the best and most deserving teams get in. And I think that's what we've got here. It, it, it's fascinating. Uh, I, I had some some people bringing up this morning. Why was not enough made of Alabama's miracle win at Auburn? And I get it. You know, it was it's it surviving advance, right? A win is a win. You turn the yep. page, you move on. But. You know, Dan Mullen, I think, brought up on the selection show. He said seven days ago, we were not talking about Alabama as one of the four best teams in the country. They needed a miracle win to survive at Auburn. Granted, it was rivalry, rivalry weekend. A lot of teams played closer games than I think we expected. But uh, it, it does seem like a, a monster jump where Bama was, what, eighth in the last uh, in the last rankings to go from eight all the way up to uh, to four was was a monster jump. Well, it turns out when you beat the number one team in the country and you, you know, not dominate, but control the game and look like the better football team. Yeah, that's going to happen. And it should happen because that's an incredibly difficult win to pick up in the SEC championship game. And Bama was able to get it done. And Jalen Milrow has played much better football. And I completely agree, by the way, on the Auburn point, because if they'd lost that game, Bama wouldn't like Florida State would probably be in the playoff right now. I, I don't think they would have put Georgia in. I think they would have put in Florida State, and I think that's correct that they should have put in you know Florida State because you combine best and most deserving at that point. Yeah, I'd probably lean towards well, well, Georgia wouldn't be as deserving because they wouldn't have a conference championship. So you know, I'd have to think about how I'd vote on my on my little twenty point scale from earlier. But <laughs> I, I think that when you, you you look at what Alabama did. That was a very impressive win. And the Auburn game was very unimpressive. The South Florida game was very unimpressive. But results have to matter above all else, which they do. And by the way, it's not like Alabama jumped up to be the two seed. They're, 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 they're the four. They're the right. last team that got in. I think the Auburn game is a part of that. Nor, ordinarily, 
the SEC champion would never be the number four seed, but they are because Bama did scrape by and Bama did lose to Texas early in the year. So I think that those results have come to matter to the committee, and I think they should. I think they should, and I am really glad that Texas didn't get left out because they are a very deserving team, and I think they're a very good team as well, and they picked up one of the best wins in all of college football. And I saw this point made on Twitter yesterday as well. With Bama beating Georgia, Texas's win at Tuscaloosa only gets better. Yeah. It, 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 right. it, it was in Tuscaloosa by 10 points. Texas was definitively the bigger team. So I think the committee – got this right. I do. And I think if Jordan Travis had been healthy, then Florida State would have been in, the SEC would have been left out, and that would have been right. But if you're looking at the best and most deserving teams, which is the scale that I want to see this graded on, I think this is correct. I think there's an argument for Washington to be at one. Their schedule is much tougher than Michigan's. I mean, by a lot, they play in a much better conference, or a deeper conference, I should say. I think, well, let me think about that. No, I think the Pac-12 is a better conference than the Big Ten. And I say that pretty confidently. Yeah, I'm a Pac-12 guy. But I think Michigan and Ohio State, very comparable to Washington and Oregon. So I think those teams cancel each other out. Then you go to Penn State. And then you have who? You know, it's like the Big Ten has been the same conference for a long time. Don't give me this Iowa nonsense. I mean, goodness gracious. <laughs> I just, man. I would like to toot my own horn a little bit. I said... Uh, on Locked On Pac-12 and on a radio show back in Portland that I uh, did a fill-in hosting job for going into the game, I said Michigan's going to win that football game 27-0. 27-0 was my score prediction, and they win the game 26-0. Why? Because I was not that – like the Big Ten is not very good. It is Michigan. It's <laughs> it's the old Billy Bean Moneyball thing, okay? There are rich teams and there are poor teams. Right. And then there's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. Well, it is Michigan and Ohio State. And Penn yep. State's a step below. And then there's 50 feet of crap. And then there's the rest of the league. And so I, I just look at that conference and say, I don't think that I, I think it is not nearly as deep as the Pac-12. I, I don't think it's even really close. And I, I think that that's why Washington has a strong case to be number one. I understand why it is Michigan. Washington has two wins over top 10 Oregon team. Two. They did it twice. Michigan beat Penn State and Ohio State. Now, if you want to argue that that's more impressive than beating the same team twice, okay, except I think Oregon's better than Ohio State, and I I know that Oregon is better than Penn State. That's for sure. So I, I, I don't quite agree with that, though I understand it. Because Michigan has been more dominant consistently throughout the year than Washington has in the last month of the season. Like they scraped by Washington State, they scraped by Stanford, they scraped by Arizona State. They they had games where they were not impressive. And Michigan really just had the Maryland game. They had the Maryland game where they played down to the level of their opponent. Every other game, they're dominating them. So uh, I, I think that I understand Michigan being one. Washington has a case to be there. But at the end of the day, you got the four best and most deserving teams, and that's going to play itself out. And I think we're going to get uh, a well-deserved national champion. 
I love that somebody said uh, the committee, they, they could have really pulled a shocker today and said, you know what, the Michigan scandal, the cheating scandal, we're going to keep Michigan out. Like That would just that would have been epic to just make that decision. On, on oh, Sunday man, that would have caused a few. Uh, I don't think Colin Coward would ever, would ever let them live it down. <laughs> Hold it right there, Spencer, because I want to get your thoughts on, on Georgia. And then, of course, uh, you, you're very close to Oregon and, and Washington. We'll get your thoughts on, on that real quick. But do want to remind our listeners, uh, this episode presented to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. Look, uh, LinkedIn jobs is a place you need to go if you're um, a small business and you're hiring whether it's for the end of the year heading into 2024 uh, LinkedIn jobs is not just another job board they have a vast network of more than a billion professionals which makes it the best place to hire hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates so easy in fact 80 percent uh 86 percent of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours if you're on the LinkedIn jo- LinkedIn app you'll see it right there LinkedIn jobs easy to find and easy to post your job and it's uh, why small businesses, um, you know, are, are saying that LinkedIn Jobs is the easiest place for you to find the most qualified candidates, the fastest and for free. Go post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college. Go post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Continue on here with uh, Spencer McLaughlin from Locked On Pac-12. And uh, Spencer, I did want to just get a thought on on Georgia because – Uh, This has never happened before. A team that was number one going into conference championship weekend has never fallen out of the top four, even with a loss. Now, more often than not, that team that's number one doesn't lose on conference championship weekend. But it's just an interesting one because uh, that's a big fall for Georgia, who has been largely thought of as the best team in college football for much of this year, going for a three-peat, you know, back-to-back national champions for them to lose by a field goal, and you talked about it, if you watched the game, it it didn't feel that close. Bama did dominate. But at the end of the day, they can say, we lost by three, but we dropped all the way to six. That's just, that is a mighty, mighty fall. It is, but I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Georgia's schedule is nothing to look at and go, oh my gosh, it's such an amazing schedule. Look at the gauntlet they had to go through. No, they they really didn't. They They, they, they just didn't, and... They, they lucked out even as an SEC schedule goes. And, you know, they didn't play particularly well against Georgia Tech. I think that factors into, you know, what I felt like Georgia was always going to win the game, but they were not utterly dominant in that particular performance. And, you know, their best win of the year is probably beating Ole Miss, you know, 52 to 17. And like that, that, that that's a really good win. But when you look at what everyone else has done and what the committee has made it clear they value as they should, they don't have the conference championship. And when you don't have that, you have to get help. And they didn't get the help that, that they needed in order to get in. You can't put them in over Alabama. You can't put Bama in over Texas because head-to-head has to matter above all else. And Washington and Michigan have two dominant resumes, and they are national championship caliber teams with you know a full allotment of health in front of them. So, yeah, I mean – I'm I'm struggling to find you know the sympathy for for Georgia here because it's like well I'm I'm sorry you don't get to, a chance to play for the national championship but you did have a chance to play for it that chance was yesterday and yeah. you lost the game and the great part about college football and why I hate this 12 team playoff that's coming next year is those games are now just going to be completely insignificant and you know college football has always been unique because it's essentially set up a double elimination you know. 14 week playoff that's that's basically what it has always been and why it's different than any other sport in the world and why it's better than any other sport in the world is my favorite one to watch 
And so when you go to the 12-team playoff, Georgia gets in, Oregon gets in, Ohio State gets in. All these teams are going to get in. Florida State gets in. And and so then you look at the games that you know we're playing, and you're like, eh, what's the point? Like, even if Bama lost to Auburn, they'd be in. It yep. w- like, it, w- it, it wouldn't matter. It, it Literally, it would not matter if Alabama lost to Auburn if we had a 12-team playoff because they won the SC championship, so they'd get an auto bid. Auto bids are repulsive. <laughs> I, I, I want to get your thought because you, you're, uh, you're a Pac-12 guy, and, uh, man, it was – I mean, like, I, I was shocked when I kept seeing the disrespect that Washington was getting week by week. Like, and then the fact they were nearly – it was – what was the spread? Mm. About nine and a half, almost ten going into Friday night? Yeah, it was nine, yeah, it was nine and a half, and Oregon I, did not play a great game, and Washington played a fantastic game. I, that was the best I've seen Washington play all year. I, I, I think it was their best individual performance of the year. And they did it when when they needed to the most. I, I don't think there was outright disrespect for for Washington uh, at, at the level that some people think. I think people are remembering the uh, the Oregon State game where they're a two and a half point underdog. It's a good Oregon State team, by the way. And then you know they're the big nine and a half point underdog. You can look at that and say, oh, there's outright disrespect and whatnot. Okay, that's that's fair. But to say that it had been a recurring theme for weeks is simply untrue. They'd been a big favorite time and time again, and they were not even coming close to covering the spreads. I mean, after they beat Oregon on, in October, they were a 26.5-point favorite against Arizona State. They almost lost the game outright. They were a 24-point favorite on the road against Stanford. They could have lost that game outright. They were a 9.5-point favorite, I think, against Utah, a good Utah team, and they you know, won the game by a touchdown. And, and so that they were actually not living up to the quote-unquote expectations of, of Vegas in many ways. But then when they needed to play their best football, they did. They played a fantastic game Friday night in in Las Vegas, and they outplayed Oregon. And they're the better team, and that's why they're in. And they're a 13-0 champ, and they're the number two seed for a reason. Who, who would be your – and I say this because, look, I'm an SEC guy, and I've been championing Jaden Daniels all year, but I thought if Bo Nix won that game Friday night, looked fantastic doing it, would have had no problem Bo Nix being the Heisman winner. Yep. But him playing as poorly as he did – and Penix has had a great season, but I don't know if it's been like, oh, my God, wow. I, I can't fault any – if you give your Heisman vote to any of those three guys, they can't fault it, but who would be your Heisman winner right now? Yeah, I mean, it can't be Bo Nix anymore. I, I mean, he, by the way, by his standard, had a bad game in the conference title game. He completed 62% of his passes, had one interception. I think he was around 300 yards passing, and he had three touchdowns, and he uh, had a good game running the football as well. So – it's not as if he played poorly. He just didn't play to the ridiculously high standard, which was a Heisman Trophy level through, throughout the year. I, I understand that Jaden Daniels is going to win the award. And look, it's it's difficult because Michael Penix in that game played like the Heisman Trophy winner. He 100% did. He was back to being the Penix that we saw for the first you know month and a half or so of, of the season. And yeah, he missed a couple throws and had an interception, but like he made some big time throws. I mean, some big time throws. He had a great game. Washington wins. He's the leader of an undefeated Power Five champion. If you just looked at that particular game and then looked at his record, you'd say, well, Michael Penix would be a Heisman Trophy winner. The problem is statistically, he's going to run into the Jaden Daniels buzzsaw. Daniels will win the Heisman. And the answer is because Michael Penix had a stretch where Washington was not playing its best football and they were kind of scraping by where he didn't have gaudy numbers. And so it's going to be a Caleb Williams case from a year ago, right? Williams was not in the playoff. They lost the Pac-12 title game. 
but his numbers were just so good that he got it. And if you're talking about who individually has had the better season, the answer is Jaden Daniels. Now, the the contradiction that absolutely exists here is that if Penix were on an SEC team and in this position, he'd win the Heisman Trophy in spite of several you know subpar performances throughout the last you know five six weeks of of the year because give me a time in which a Heisman candidate out of the SEC on a 13 and0 champion didn't didn't win the Heisman trophy I guess Stetson Bennett last year yeah but like historically yeah, invite so so I think there's no didn't he he wasn't he was a finalist last oh, year. oh right he did it was the year yeah, before he, he didn't get the invite. yeah 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 so he didn't get it the year before but I, I think that that's been a more recent shift in the award where they actually do look at the best individual and they don't count the team's success as much. But I, as a Pac-12 fan, I'm sorry for any Bama fans listening out there, but Derrick Henry was not the Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, <laughs> I, I will I will die. I will, I will take that to my deathbed. Like, that was an absurdity wrapped upon a ridiculous outcome. It was absolutely insane that Christian McCaffrey didn't win it, but it was because... Derrick Henry played on a better team that had a better season. Now in the last couple of years, you've seen a shift to who's the best individual player and, you know, team success matters, but you can overcome that with amazing stats. And I think Jaden Daniels has done that. I I think Jaden Daniels has done that. And I think that stinks for Penix because he played his best football when he needed to. And he is one of the most clutch quarterbacks that frankly I've seen in the PAC 12 in recent memory, but I don't think he's going to be able to overcome Jaden Daniels' spectacular season. Just to bring it back home here again, to reset, your final four is set. Michigan 1, Washington 2, Texas 3, Alabama 4. And some comments, Spencer, coming out of the SEC. Well, first, uh, the the conference uh, playoff chair, uh, Boo Corrigan, said uh, Florida State is a different team. You look at who they are as a team without Jordan Travis – they are a different team. So that tells you why they kept Florida State out. Uh, Michael Alford, the FSUAD, sent a scorched earth statement to the NCAA saying the committee has failed college football. Yeah, uh, no, a- just no, just no. <laughs> ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips said the decision was unfathomable to keep a Power 5 undefeated conference champ out of the playoffs. So um, some reaction. Yeah, here's, here's, here's what they're, here, here's they're going to do. And look. I understand that they're going to be upset and ACC people are going to stand up for their team. That's that's what they should do. But again, I'm a Pac-12 guy. I got no dog in the fight here. In no world did I want to see Michigan play Florida State instead of Alabama for a couple of reasons. Number one, Florida State is not the same team. And number two, because they're not the same team, they get housed by Michigan. Okay, It would be another uncompetitive game. It would be another college football playoff semifinal in which one team is clearly better than the other, but we just look at the record. And, you know, like Josh Pate always says, you are not where your record says you are. Your record says that Florida State is a 13 and 0 undefeated Power Five champion. And that's what they're going to repeat ad nauseum undefeated Power Five champion, all this sort of stuff. You are not the same football team. Louisville is good, not great. And they struggled with them big time. They didn't score a touchdown until the second half. Like, if if you're struggling, I know that Louisville is a good team. They are not a great team, but they are a good football team, 100%. Although, I watched Jack Plummer play in the Pac-12 last year, and he went 4-8. and eight. But let, let, that's neither here nor there. He was playing for Cal. So, 
I, I just look at Florida State and say, if Jordan Travis were healthy, you, with that defense, are a national title contender and would be and should be in the playoff 100%. But everybody with a brain knows that Florida State had no chance without Jordan Travis, especially when you're down to your third string in Brock Glenn. And they had an opportunity. I don't think that they were, you know, everyone say, oh, they don't even get a chance to play for it. No, they did. No, they did. They had their chance against Louisville because we saw it with Ohio State in 2014. They lose JT Barrett. And, you know, I think Braxton Miller had been the quarterback to start the year. They're down to their third string quarterback. You know what they did to Wisconsin in the conference championship game? 44 to nothing. They were clearly able to play at a championship level. And Florida State without Jordan Travis clearly is not. So everyone's going to go nuts about they didn't get a chance and they should just get the opportunity and all that sort of stuff. No, they had their opportunity. That Louisville game and the Florida game the week prior was their opportunity. And you know what they showed? They're a good but not championship level team when they don't have Jordan Travis at quarterback. You cannot treat that team the same. I, I you, you cannot treat that team the same. Yeah, we're getting some some comments from some folks out there still saying that Florida State got robbed. Um, you know, does, do FSU fans think they can win a national title with a third team quarterback? In fairness, Rodemaker was going to come back, so it was going to be their number two quarterback. But uh, regardless, it, it would have been tough. All right, Spencer. In uh, well, real quick, we want to remind folks too uh, that that uh, FanDuel. If you're looking to get in on the action with these uh, with these playoff games. FanDuel is the place you need to be making your bets. Uh, of course, they got you covered right now. Uh, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And, uh, of course, uh, they are staying hot in the NFL, all the NFL action throughout this season. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action. Super easy to use. Uh, they got spreads, player props, over-unders, whatever it is you want to bet on, FanDuel's got you covered. So go visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. You got the rest of this NFL season. You got uh, the college football playoffs. If you like uh, Michigan to pull off the, the win over Alabama, whatever it is, and we'll see what those lines are here. I'm sure FanDuel's got them up as we speak. Go visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. They are the official partner of the NFL. Um, Spencer, as we kind of get back into it here um, in, in closing, Give me a, an idea on some of these matchups real quick on just how you think these are going to play out. I mean, a, a thought on Michigan-Alabama. I was just looking it up. It's kind of funny. This is a rematch of the 2019 Citrus Bowl. That's the last time these two teams <laughs> played. Alabama won that one going away 35-16. to 16. But uh, I got to think Bama is going to be the, the early favorite here just because of the respect Saban gets. Yeah, I, I don't know if they'll be favored. I mean, this is still an Alabama team that – you know, needed help to get into the playoff. And that help in this instance was Jordan Travis getting hurt and Florida State demonstrating that they are not a championship caliber football team. So I, I think that when you look at that particular matchup, I think that one screams slugfest and the other one screams shootout. You know, Washington in their biggest games against Oregon this year, both teams have been over 30 points in uh, in each of those matchups in each of the last three, if you go back to last year as well. And I think that Texas's offense is feeling pretty good after that game against Oklahoma State, which, I mean, who could have foreseen that Oklahoma State wasn't actually good? I mean, oh my gosh, the utter shock and surprise on my face when I saw that Texas beat them 49 to 14. Chris, I just couldn't believe it. I can't believe a team that got blown out by a mediocre Sunbelt team at home 
is not actually very good. I can't believe it, Chris. <laughs> Isn't that shocking to you? It's shocking to me. So I, I think that Texas win over Alabama. And one other comment on that particular game, because everyone say, well, why do you, you know, what if, what if Bama gets in over Texas? Why do you play these big non-conference games? This would be why. This would be why right here. If Texas did not schedule Alabama and they had scheduled, you know, Cupcake State, are they guaranteed to be in the playoff right now? I don't think so. They'd be out. I do do not think so. They have to have that win. And this is, you know, scheduling is the biggest issue in college football. It's not realignment. It's not NIL. It's not the portal. It all pales in comparison to scheduling. Scheduling gives too much autonomy to individual teams to set their own schedules and manipulate the college football world. And I'm sorry, but the SEC has done this for a very, very long time. And I respect Alabama, by the way, for scheduling that home and home with Texas. We need more of that in college football. Teams aren't often willing to do it. But I think that when you look at those particular matchups, you need a centralized body to set schedules for teams. But I don't think we're anywhere close to getting that, unfortunately, as a move in the 12-team playoff era. But that's why you schedule those particular games. That has been Texas's saving grace all year. And guess what? They've been rewarded for it. They went into Tuscaloosa and won. They've been rewarded for it. And so I think that for the Longhorns, they have, have earned the right to be in this particular spot. And I think they're one of the four best teams. And I, I think that them against Washington screams mid to upper 30s on both sides. You know, I think Texas's defense is a little bit better than Washington's who have uh, a couple of really good pass rushers in ZTF and, and Braylon Trice. And their secondary played ex- uh, the best game I have seen Washington secondary play in the last two years against Oregon last week. They're tackling in space, their coverage on Oregon's wideouts as good as I've ever seen them play or as well as I've ever seen them play. So I, I think that they are certainly a confident team, but so too is Texas because they've just kind of been rolling. And I, I think that, let's see, opening lines, Texas minus four and a half. Hmm. Yeah, Texas four and a half point favorite over Washington, and and uh, you're right. Michigan is a one and a half point favorite over Alabama. I think the betting this is according to FanDuel as we speak. These are yeah. live odds up there right now. I think as this goes along this week, Spencer, I think the bat money's going to come come in on Bama. I wouldn't be surprised if Bama's the odds on favorite here. You know, like maybe it's just by Bama minus two two and a half. Uh, and I think money's going to come in on Washington, right? I mean, Texas is playing yeah. great, but they money, are the lower money. I, I bet you that Washington-Texas line gets down to three and a half. I don't know if it'll move under a field goal, but I bet you the public will pour money on Washington after the way they played last week against Oregon and the fact that you know they were severely uh, undervalued by, by, by the sports books last week. And I bet you money will come in on, on Washington there. But I, I think, you, again, I think that bottom matchup is a slugfest, and I think the top one is a shootout. And by the way, I am not just guessing here because you can see the over-under at 46.5 for Bama, Michigan, and it's 64.5 for, <laughs> for, for Texas, Washington. Um, I think I'm going to end on that, Chris, because, God, I kind of yeah. nailed that one right on the money. <laughs> well, Spencer, we can't thank you enough for uh, for joining us here. I'm doing a little crossover action. Let, let folks on uh, Locked on SEC know where they can find you. Yeah, I host Locked On Pac-12 and Locked On Ducks covering Oregon Monday through Friday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And I get questions all the time. Hey, the Pac-12 is dying. What are you going to do? And what I'll tell you is keep up with me on uh, X at Smalls underscore 55, and I will keep you posted. I um, 
I assure you there there will be a plan in place. That is what I will say, and we'll just leave it right there. Maybe some big picture stuff. We'll see. Spencer, thanks for the time, man. Yeah, appreciate it, Chris. All right, that's uh, Spencer McLaughlin, McLaughlin there of uh, Locked On uh, Pac-12 and uh, Locked On Oregon. So there you have it, guys. As we uh, put a cap on things, uh, your uh, college four, uh, top four college football playoff teams, Michigan, your one seed, Washington two, Texas three, and Alabama four. So Nick Saban and the Tide get in. And, uh, you know, as we uh, have been keeping up with your comments all along here on YouTube, uh, Church of Sacred says, uh, how does the number one team, Georgia, fall out from a three-point loss to Alabama? I, Again, I, I was making that case. It, it, it's it's the biggest fall we've seen from a team losing on the last weekend. Now, again, if you're a Georgia fan, be real with yourself a little bit. You got physically beat up and pushed around by Alabama. I mean, it, it was not – y'all had to fight tooth and nail for everything you got. I mean, how many, like, third and fourth – third and fourth and ones that Georgia had to keep converting just to keep drives alive to score. I mean, you get to the goal line, it's like fourth and goal. Like, Bama just kept stopping, and, like, everything was hard. Everything was difficult for Georgia. So if you watch that game, it was it was a very, very hard game for Georgia. So while the final score does reflect three, and, yes, if there had been a little bit more time, maybe Georgia's defense can get a stop there, get the ball back, who knows. But, like, if you watch how that game played out, it was. It felt more than a three-point loss for Georgia. It felt like, you know, I mean, they were down 10 for much of the fourth quarter, right? So um, kudos to them, credit them for fighting back. But, yeah, to go from one to six is a mighty fall. I was I was pretty shocked to see they, they dropped Georgia all the way down to six. But the biggest story of the day is undefeated ACC champion Florida State left out. Alabama, the, the uh, SEC champ, is in. And just a couple other notes here from Ross Dellinger. He says, first... In the final year of the 14 playoff, number one in the penultimate rankings, Georgia misses the college football playoff. That's, again, first time that's ever happened. Texas makes the college football playoff for the first time ever. A team ranked outside of the top six in the penultimate rankings made the college football playoff. That was Texas. And an unbeaten Power 5 champ in FSU misses the college football playoff. So those are all first times for those things to happen. And uh, look, it was a tough decision. There was no right, you know, absolute 100% right way to go. I think the committee did the best they could. I think they made, you know, the best reasoning for, you know, gave the best reasoning for it. FSU misses because of the quarterback injury to Jordan Travis. If Jordan Travis doesn't get hurt, I think he is in. So, um, you know, it's, it was a tough decision, but either way, thank you guys so much for making locked on sec. Your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping all the action, getting you guys ready for, uh, we'll, we'll get you caught up on all the bowl games that the other SEC teams are going to and uh, more on the fallout from the college football playoff. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.